Hey, this is Jeff and John. We're from the other side of the pulpit. I'm Jeff. He's John. Hi. In case you just wondered which was which, we'd like to get together and talk about God. And, and uh, John brought me breakfast this morning, so I got a mouthful of food. Corn, but anyway, cornflake. Cornflake thing. Anyway, so we get together and talk about God and current events and and uh, theology. And so we're going to. We decide we let y'all hear it. Uh, I'm open with prayer. And then John's got some deep theological wisdom he's going to unleash on us. So let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day and for this opportunity we can come and discuss your word and your wisdom and, and your world. Father, we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, John, is talk my, to us. Is it my turn? It's your turn. Okay, so I can't eat this. You can't eat that right now. <laughs> All right, what's what what's the deal with this time of year? Christmas or happy oh, happy holiday? Okay, does that mean we do Santa Claus and go out and buy a bunch of stuff for a whole lot of people? We really don't have a whole lot to do with <laughs> the rest of the year until it's time to buy them something and try to impress them with some kind of parties or. That's what it's come to, but that's not what it was about. Just the birth of Jesus, and. Um, Though it probably is not the day that Jesus was born, it's what when we celebrate it. It's, uh, but we have gotten focus off of God and onto the world and onto media and onto other things. And then you got the people who don't like Christmas, so instead of just saying, I'm just going to work through Christmas, they go, uh, I don't like Christmas when you shut it down. And, uh, so, what's the? Uh, we have turned to a society of buying gifts. Me and Stephanie actually talked about this yesterday. I said we just need to quit all this stuff. We're spending too much money on stuff, and I said we donate to different nonprofit, godly organizations all mm-hmm. year long. Mm-hmm. And I said this time of year, um, we you know. Half of what we donate, we give to in other like missionaries and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. um, and and so and another half goes to our church. And uh, I know people are like, well, it all needs to go to the church. Well, you know, we're giving, and uh, we we try to we increased we had what we we're giving to the church, and then we increased those as we could afford to. Um, so, so basically, what we're talking, what, what, what's the deal here is it has absolutely nothing to do with the buying and giving of material possessions. It's not supposed to, but it does. But it does, which is what it's turned into. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, what actually was it all about? All right, let me, and I baited you on that, by the way. Did you know that? What was it all about? It was originally, if we're going to start celebrating Christmas, it was about the birth of Christ. But the reason why it's the way it is now is because there was a pagan holiday, mm-hmm. and, the, and I can't remember the pagan holiday, but they set Christmas during the pagan holiday to try to uh, for, because the Christians didn't want to celebrate the pagan holiday and they wanted to, something else. I'm not sure of the exact story. All right. 
Well, if you, if you go back to where it started, and I'm, it's my opinion, okay? Mm -hmm. You take it for what it's worth. My opinion. If you go back to where, what, what it really is all about, and, and why we even separate, or separate, why we even celebrate it, it was close. Oh. <laughs> uh, it goes back to prophecy. And what was the prophecy about? It was about the coming King, the Messiah of the Jews, who was going to lead the Jews out of captivity mm -hmm. and establish the kingdom here on earth. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you go back and you begin to read Scripture and you go back into the Old Testament, which is what you've got to do with the New Testament, to understand the progression of what's going on here, right? Mm -hmm. All right. You go back and you, you look in Isaiah. You go back and you look, well, mainly Isaiah, because they're, they're in other places too. But when you look in Isaiah, not only do you see the, 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 the forecasting or the prophecy or the, the knowledge of their coming king on earth in human form, their Messiah, their leader, the one that's going to take him out of all of their bondage and establish them as the rulers over all the earth, right? Mm -hmm. You also see the, the, the prophecy of people like John. John was the last prophet. John the Baptist. Now, why was it important for John the Baptist to be the last one? Because it was, it, was, it was prophesied. It was back in Isaiah. It's in Malachi that John was going to come as a human witness Mm -hmm. of what was to come in the Messiah. Mm -hmm. All right, when you, when you start thinking about it in that, in that role, why did they have to have John? Because that's the way the court systems were set up. You had to have a witness. Then you had to have another witness. Well, who's the other witness? The other witness was Jesus Christ Himself in the flesh. Mm -hmm. All right, you had John telling about Jesus coming, which when you go back and you look at who Zachariah and Elizabeth were, mm -hmm. Who was Zechariah? Priest. He not only was the priest, but the year that John was born, the, the year that John was conceived in, the year that Zechariah knew that John was coming, his son, who was also barren and way on up in age. Mm -hmm. uh, when you look at that and you look at who Elizabeth was, Elizabeth, his mother, was also of the priestly line. Mm-hmm. Because she was of Aaron. She was a child of Aaron. She was of the tribe of Aaron, which is the priestly line. So, so you got a dad, you got a mom. They're both of the priestly line. What more could you establish a witness to give a witness credibility than that? Well, that's just, you know, no, his mother, his mother was Samaritan. No, he was John, the, the last prophet. Why do you call him the last prophet? Because he was the one that foretold. He was the last one that foretold, that foretold of something to come, which was the Messiah. Now, the Messiah foretold of something to come. Jesus did. And what was that? It was the establishment of the kingdom out here on the end of what came out of Revelation. You see where this is going? I see. And I'm going to ask a question right. that anybody listening might ask. What about John being... Writing the book of Revelation. That's John. That's not John the Baptist. That's John the Beloved. That's an apostle. I know. So he wasn't a he, he wasn't prophesying. Uh, 
No, because when you go back and you look in you look back in the Old Testament, he was there too. That prophecy was there too, but it was veiled. Now, how how do you know that when you look at when you look at uh, the significance of, of when when prophecy starts talking about mountains and hills and kingdoms? A mountain is a kingdom, symbolically a kingdom. Mm-hmm. And you go back and you look at uh, phrases like out of Isaiah where it says the nations of the world will flow into it. Mm-hmm. What, what is that? They're going to flow into, into Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Now why is that? It's because the nations of the world are being submitted to the kingdom, to the king, the king, the Messiah, the Christ coming. Mm-hmm. So, so that, was, that was not necessarily prophecy, but it was a clarification of the prophecy in the Old Testament mm-hmm. because the king had already come and they rejected him. Right. All right. You look at the, you look at John the Baptist, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and you look at the birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. Were they not similar? Because they both came to somebody that was barren. Yes. All right. John, the last prophet, came in the line of the prophets. He came in the line of the priests. Uh, what's a priest? It's a mediator. Mm-hmm. So it's a go-between. The priest. The, the significance of that was the priest. In that lineage, the priest was the go-between between the people and God. How you know that? Where'd you have to go for the sacrifice? To the priest. Mm-hmm. You had to go to the temple. You had to give it to the priest. The priest went in the holiest holies, which is what Zechariah was when John yeah. was foretold. Absolutely. I mean, how, how much more confirmation does somebody need than that? Evidently a lot because they still rejected him. Because mm-hmm. they rejected John the Baptist. Right. But it also, and you're right, but, but Jesus establishing his kingdom, the freedom he was giving them was the freedom of sin. I mean, mm-hmm. not freedom. Let me, let me stop. <laughs> the freedom because they were, they were sinners bound for hell, and he, anyone who received his, him as their Savior. Does no longer have that. Did they know that? Well, he tried to teach them that. They wanted to make it a political freedom. They wanted to make it a political thing where they, where he uh, All right. established a, a political kingdom on earth. All right. Here comes the theological discussion. Okay. It's not hypothetical. Okay. But if you look at Scripture, this is the way it was meant to be, mm-hmm. but they rejected it, right? He's given them an either-or. Mm-hmm. Which is what He did in the, in the wilderness when He had the children of Israel. He gave them an either-or. Mm-hmm. Either follow Me or suffer the consequences. Mm-hmm. Either-or. It's your choice. Does He not give us today the same choice? Yes. You can either follow Me or go to hell. Yeah. All but right. that, the... the, the uh, I believe that the had the Jewish people followed him, followed him, and accepted him as their Messiah under what he was telling them. Where would the Gentile world be right now? It would be under the dominion of the Jewish people. All people would have flowed into Jerusalem. 
they would have went under that system of worship that He came to establish and accepted that. Because why? Because now Jesus is the King and we're all worshiping Him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is what John, the, the, the Beloved, was predicting in Revelation for when the Kingdom comes to earth. We're all going to come to Him and worship Him mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. It could have been established then. But it wasn't. And He knew it. Why? Because that's the plan. This is this mystery that Paul talks so much about being revealed. See, and I think wording has a lot to do with this. Because you say it could have, but God knew it was not going to be. And what's the main sin here? Really, rejection. It's unbelief. Well, rejection. You know, you reject what you don't believe. It's unbelief. Because um, when the children, when the children of Israel got to Kadesh Barnea, were about to go into the Promised Land, why did they not go into the Promised Land? Lack of faith. They didn't Lack believe. Lack of faith. They didn't believe. But yet, who did? There were two of them. That Caleb did. and and Joshua. Uh, oh, Joshua. I'm far. You're eating. I know. Yeah, Caleb and Joshua were the only two that could and the only two that did out of the whole group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's the same way with a lot of things. I mean, I think God gives us an opportunity. I think, I think that God allows us, and I may be wrong about this, and I may, this is my opinion, but I believe God allows us to dictate whether he's coming back or not, based on I'll agree. Based on the fact that if we get up and do what we're supposed to be doing and, and, and teach and preach the gospel, and and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the coming to church and putting it on Facebook junk. We're not. I'm talking, talking about when you go into the workforce. A lot of people think going to work is uh, hindering them from worshiping God. But see, when you go to work and you're allowed to, and you let your light shine while you're there, and then you, and then you have an opportunity. There's not a week gone by since I've been where I'm at, with, where that I have not had an opportunity to, to, to witness to somebody. And I've told them all. I said, I hope that my life, what I do, and how I act, and what I say reflects God. I hope that y'all look at me and go, he's a Christian based on what I say and do. And not and and uh I think it's a, I think that, that that's what we need to be doing. We're gonna be in this world. We don't have to be a part of this world. We can stand different from this world. And if that's the case, then we can say and we can teach and we can preach and we can do and and then when we say preach and do, I think that people will listen. There's there there may be there may be thirty people in your workforce, in your work area, and maybe only two of them receive Jesus. Uh, but the, the the whole thing is that's two more than what and if in their in their world they may lead to and then you know and it grows from there. Jesus right. Jesus started with twelve disciples. And he really started. He started with one, really, but he's you know he got he started mm-hmm. getting them. And from there, when he went to when he went up to and ascended into heaven, there was 120 there. But we don't know how many disciples he had. 
that we're out teaching the gospel and preaching the gospel and sharing the gospel. And but the disciple is different than an apostle. Very much so. And we're not apostles. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said disciples. The apostles did not come along until after Jesus ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit came upon them and they became the apostles. All right. What is, what is one way? You, you talked about job as we go out in the workplace. What is one way that we can be a witness to what He's done in our lives? It's do your job. Yes. Don't stop for 45 minutes every day and talk about Jesus. And, and use that opportunity. Is it good? Yeah, I mean, it sounds good, right? Yeah. But you've got, number one, you've got to establish integrity first. Yes. You got to do do your job and do it at the best of your ability. It may not be the best, but it's the best you can do. Because you said it about one of your supervisors at the mill one time. Mm-hmm. And what was it? He said, "I'd rather not have Christians in here because they stop and talk about God so much." Yeah, that was one of the guys that I, that, that was a construction worker. Construction, okay. And Sorry. I looked at him and said, "I'm a Christian, and do I do a good job?" And he was kind of speechless. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. That's exactly what. What makes you different when you go in the workplace? Number one, you show up on time. Mm-hmm. You're diligent with your job. You do what you're told. You don't do things based on what other people do. You do it because of the integrity you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which that, is something I fail miserably in. That's, that's like... A, miserably. You know, I have all the freedom in the world driving around in a, in a county truck. And there was something I needed to do, and 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 I and I called my supervisor, and I said, I said I can take sick leave to do this, mm-hmm. or personal time if you want me to, and I'll clock out and I'll go do this, and then I'll come back, and however long it takes me, I said, but what I need to do is going to take me ten to fifteen minutes tops, mm-hmm. and it, it's probably going to be twice, so that's thirty minutes in a day, but they're they're, they're separated out. Um, within a couple hours of each other. I said, now I can do, and it turns out, he goes, he said, well, everybody gets a 15-minute break in the morning and one in the afternoon. I said, sounds good. Ended up, only, they only needed me one time for 10 minutes to help my mother-in-law get in the, out of the car, and then they were able to do, the, do it the rest of the time without me. And uh, But a lot of people could have just gone and done that without telling them, now, would I have gotten in trouble? I doubt it because where I was, I, I had jobs in that area I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, it, incidentally, I had jobs in that area where I was looking at that, that I needed to, I had appointments with. And um, so I went and took care of that. And um, going from one to the other, I stopped by there and did and, and helped and went on. I say that to say this. A lot of people would have just done what they did and got away to get away not, with not it. Not say anything to anybody about it. Yeah. yeah. And somebody goes, you can just do that. I said, yeah, but if I keep my supervisor on board with everything, then when I make a mistake, because I will, because I'm human, then he'll overlook that mistake. But but where, do, where does that, that ethic, where does that come from? It comes from something that's God. changed inside of mm-hmm. you, which comes from that spirit that he gave yeah. us. Which comes back, it, it, it comes back to that, to that rejection of Christ and their King and their Messiah. That's why we have the Spirit to mm-hmm. live by. Yeah. Instead of that kingdom that's established, where, whereby we just do it because we're following the rules and He's the head. 
mm-hmm. which is kind of like what's going on with some political situations mm-hmm. right now. Are we following, and I say we, I use that term generically, are we following them because they're in authority or because they're right? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Or are we following them because what they're doing is right and correct? Or are we following them simply because they're in authority? And that's a good that's a good point. That comes back down to even even being a witness in your workplace. Um, people will follow you because people will look at you and know you're a Christian based on what you're doing in your life. And then you have a chance to speak to them from time to time and and share mm-hmm. a witness and. I witnessed for about two minutes the other day for somebody in a minute here, five minutes there, you know, in passing kind of thing. But but here's the other thing too, you know, when you start thinking about following someone because of their authority or because of their right, I think with the political a- avenue, we follow them because of their authority more so than because we feel yeah. like they're right. And the reason why we follow them because of the authority is a two a two thing. One is, if you balk on it, it can, you can have financial and freedom mm-hmm. um, repercussions. So as long as it does not con- uh, come in conflict with your faith in worshiping God, then it's not, an, it's not that much. I mean, you, can, you choose your battles. But the other thing is, is, as a Christian, we should pay our taxes. We should, do, mm-hmm. we should follow the laws. Because we're Christians, not oh, because boy, we get away weird. with it. Boy, that opened one up. What's that? Paying your taxes or following because it, you're a Christian? It, it, it comes down to giving our money that we've been made a steward of to things that go against what the Bible says is correct and what it's not. Yes and no. It does. You're right to a point. But it's kind of like paying your property taxes. You pay your property taxes and that funds the county government that has police and road service. and, and it, it helps. So not 100% of what we give is going to outlandish things. You know, does that make sense? Like I... I mean, if we, my little bit of taxes, well, and, and, see and your there, little bit of taxes come together, and some of it goes to good, some of it goes to bad. But you know, you do realize if you open up a soup kitchen right here, you'll feed four or five people that don't need it to feed one that oh, does. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do realize. So, that. I mean, that goes with a food closet or anything yeah. else, a food bank or closet or. It, it, Unless you vet them very carefully, you're going to take care of people that don't need it. And even if you vet them, you're still going to take care of some people for every four or five. If you vet them real well, for every four or five people that need it, you're going to feed one that doesn't need it. Um, and so what, what I'm getting at is, do you take a stand and say, I'm not paying my taxes, though some of the taxes are going to things that are necessary? Are you going to, and, and some of and all right. This, Does that make sense? This then, then again, this comes back to political choices that we make by putting particular people in the place of, of power and position to to make those choices for us that shouldn't be made in that in that vein. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 
a Christian should pray about who the Christian votes for versus voting for a political party based on a political party. Yeah. See, I know some people that, that will vote. I, I know people that will vote Democrat no matter what. I know people that will vote Republican no matter what. I, I was talking to someone the other day, and I've talked to several people like this, that, that I, one, one guy votes for the incumbent every time, and one guy votes against the incumbent every time. Simply because that's the way they vote. Yes. And there's, there's no prayer or forethought into what they're voting for. That's, that's kind of like pulling for the losing team. Well, it's, no, it's, whoever, you know, who, yeah. who, who do I pull for in a ball game? I pull for the underdog, for the team that's losing yeah. every time I'll do it. I, I, it's just me. I, I don't. No, it's even worse than that. Because I, I you're pulling know, for the just, other, that was simple. You're pulling for the underdog, but, but these guys, person. these guys are not praying. I say guys, but the men and women are not praying about yeah. who they should vote for. Yeah. And so, yeah, but it goes back to, you know, while we, you know, John being the, the last prophet and, and, and Christ establishing his kingdom and we're worshiping God and at this time of year, mm-hmm. we've allowed it as Christians. We have not only allowed it, but we have promoted, we promoted it. the giving of, of uh, spending of all your money to give to gifts to people. Under the guise of giving, it's good to give something. Yes. Let's give something and, extravagant. And a couple of weeks ago, I preached about this and I said, you know, where are you, where are you January? Mm-hmm. You know, we're all about buying stuff for the foster kids during Christmas. So where are you in January? I'm glad I hadn't got to stand in line in January to return something that I really didn't want. Yeah. I'm going to get you the same thing I've gotten you every year. That, that. Door swings both ways. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so we're, you know, we, when we, we, we have not only condoned it, we have participated in it to the point we have we've encouraged it. We've encouraged it. And Stephanie and I had this conversation yesterday. I said, we're going to cut this out. We're gonna and it's and I know people are gonna go, you're all ball humbug. No, no, actually for the if you will if if you will investigate your own life before you talk about my life, how much are you as an individual doing for others twelve months out of the year, not just one? Yeah. And I'm Stephanie and I pray about what we do. We, we prayed about what we do to the point where we have rearranged who we give money to based on the fact that somebody has gone more worldly than godly. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. we've stopped paying that and started paying somebody else. And we, we're not above all that. Yeah. And, but you, we need, as Christians, if we all stood up and started serving God, truly serving God, get out of the churches, go, to, go out into the, into the streets, and start on a local level, it would change who we have in office. It would change our school systems. All it would change. Year round. Yes, it would All change year. everything. But the truth be told, the majority of the people sitting in churches, not just Reed's Chapel, but but every church across the country, the majority of them sitting in church are not truly worshiping God. Mm-hmm. They are. They have, are going to church. And they have a knowledge of God. They're in the part of the apostate church. They know 
They know who He is, but they're not submitting themselves to Him. And what basically, the very basic, what does that come back to? We don't pick this book up and study, study the book. I'm not talking about just read it. Because mm-hmm. most, most of the time, when you say, oh, I'm going to go home and read my Bible, what are you doing? You're going home and you're going to pick this up and you're going to read it as a story. Mm-hmm. As a running story. Like we read a book. Mm-hmm. This is not a book to be read like that. This is a book to be connected into. Mm-hmm. Old Testament connects back into the New Testament. Mm-hmm. The New Testament foretells the Old. The, the, mm-hmm. the New Testament confirms the Old Testament. Yep. The Old Testament uh, tells of the coming of what's going to happen in the New Testament. It's all hooked together. Mm-hmm. It's all centered around the Jewish people. Why? Because you go back to Abraham and that's where that started. That's that covenant that God made with that chosen people. Mm-hmm. Then it comes forward to where that chosen people have rejected mm-hmm. Him. So who does it go to then? It goes to the Gentiles, to the rest of the known world. Mm-hmm. And how does it go to them? Not under the system that He was set up under the covenant, but under a system that He set up, up under the death, burial, and resurrection of His Son. That's grace. That's a gift that's freely been given yep. to us. And that's what we try. We come and we've twisted and, and contorted it this time of year that this is what it's supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. But we've also contorted it off to something else where it's about the giving of gifts. Yes, it is about the giving of gifts. But it's about the giving of the ultimate gift. Mm-hmm. And what is that? The ability, the, the reason, the gift of anybody that's alive and breathing mm-hmm. to have a right relationship with their Creator. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about right there. It's foretold. It's foretold 700, 1,400 years you know, you go through there and you, you're going to find a period in time of thousands of years before it happened. You're going to find a short period of before it happened. 400 years when you get up into Malachi. You study that. You find out that there were these, these prophecies and these predictions of what's mm-hmm. to come. Well, it came. Guess what? They rejected it. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to put in a new thing and that's where we come in as Gentiles. We come in mm-hmm. under the Gospel of grace. Does that exclude the Jews? That re- no, it puts them under the same thing. Yep. So it's, it, it's a, particular, uh, a particular thing, but it's an all-inclusive too. Absolutely. Alright, we're out of time. Sounds good. Close us in prayer, Johnny. Father, thank you for this day. I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people here, Lord. Just help us to remember that just because we pick your book up and read it does not mean we're studying it. That we need to study your book just as you tell us. Study to show yourself approved. Father, go with us through our service and through our week this week and help us truly to remember what this time of year has been designated as. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.